0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
1: Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app.
0: Take a moment to connect with your mates, a simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at BetVictor.com.
1: Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews.
0: One nil Burnley. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently, and all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake. Burnley's first goal in the Premier League. It's something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the follower finds the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Clarendon Blue. Still time for a winner, baby. John Francis.
1: They came to York in
0: their thousands. They're going to hold the champions. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Come on! Michael Turner. Oh, that's Come justice! On! That is justice at the Aviva Stadium. Burnley are level and deserved to be.
1: Hello, uh, everybody, and welcome back to Turfcast Podcast for our second show of the 2023-24 season. We are getting deep into the new season here on the channel. Obviously, we did our first show on Monday with the lad, uh, Louie, from the Baggies Podcast, chatting about uh, new signing Dara O'Shea. There'll be more of them coming up soon. We just need to get more signings in um, before we start getting more of them in. Um, but thankfully, Andy's going to tell us in a minute that they're all coming through the door later today. If anything, we'll probably miss them while we're recording this uh, probably not knowing the club obviously we've got the kit launch at 12 we are recording this in the morning so you'll probably be getting this just before the kit launch so you'll probably listen to it um hope you all like the new kit um if it's anything like what i've seen so far it's okay it's not as nice as last season but i think if you compare anything to to last season's this absolute classic um then it's, it's going to look a little bit bland anyway but um Fingers crossed, it goes down well. I like a collar personally, so I I do think it will go down well. But anyway, you know who he is. He's been on the channel plenty of times, so let's bring him in. It is, of course, Andy Jones from The Athletic. How are you doing, mate? Not too bad. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. All the better now the seasons coming closer, but I just wish the weather would go back to what it was like. Uh, Well, it's always the way, isn't it? That
2: usually when the first day of the season comes around, it it makes itself sunny. Except that that 3-0 victory over Southampton where it rained for forever. <laughs> we got to spend all the rain in about five minutes, didn't we? Of what you get in a year, mm-hmm. uh, a couple <clears> of <throat> ago, didn't we? <clears throat> I've got a
1: bit of a chest infection, everybody. So apologies if you hear me coughing a lot. I hope It doesn't sound absolutely horrific in your calls or in your headphones. Um, but uh, yeah, it's obviously not going to be too sunny on the first day of the season because it's 8pm. So um, fingers crossed. It might be a nice day, though. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed it's at least dry. We've been in the beer gardens all day. But anyway, you're a very busy man. Um, I've only got you for around 45 minutes. So let's get into it. Yeah. Um, Obviously, James Trafford, it looks like it's a done deal. Uh, from what I heard, the, the medical was booked in for Monday, but it hasn't happened for whatever reason. Um, what is it you know about James Trafford?
2: Yeah, so I'd, sort of um, obviously the the fee is agreed, which is, I, I guess, the main thing. And I think Burnley, I would yeah. imagine, would have been delighted to have made sure that was done before he went and did what he did in the final, because um, I'd imagine that might have. Uh, Tacked on a few million, or certainly brought maybe a couple of clubs you were thinking about them to to the table to 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 sort of maybe get a bit more on the go. Um, but yeah, that's it. That sort of as it stands. Yeah, the, you would expect the medical will, uh get sorted, but it's it's one of them, isn't it? You know, he's he's going to have a break, an extended break anyway. Yeah, sure. um, given he's just been in the in the tournament, so it's not sort of like he's going to turn up for training tomorrow type thing. So um, I, I that someone had. Mentioned that to me the same. I don't know how you know accurate that is. Um, I've not got that sort of text this morning, so um, not really had time to stand that up yet. But um, there's no sort of suggestion yet that, that there's any sort of concerns or worries. It's just sort of, I guess, just part of the, this process of you never know. There's always there's always twists and turns, isn't there, in in most deals before and yeah. you never know until it's officially official. Um, but yeah, there doesn't seem to be any sense that. Like, it's about to collapse,
1: but Hmm.
2: (laughs) I'm not going to say 100% it won't, because you never know. I mean,
1: it's it's the same with, um, obviously, we had a few last season. Name escapes me, the Croatian lad that ended up going to Southampton. Um, obviously it looked like a done deal and then that fell through so I think a few Burnley fans get a little bit anxious when we're at this stage now like everyone's saying it's done we're just waiting and, and it's the same at the minute with Valley with isn't it I mean again I heard the medical was on Monday I'm not sure if it took place or not I haven't heard anything about that one um, even transferred Don for a bit has been chatting about this one he's been saying yeah soon it'll be announced soon and all this so medical on, on Monday like I said a couple of days ago so what's the latest with uh, with Koulibaly?
2: Yeah, I've not I've not heard anything since um since I sort of tweeted um on Sunday um, which was pretty much the same information that the Fabrizio Romano had uh, tweeted initially. Um the sort of yeah. medical was scheduled and um so you know all being well uh with that then you would expect that announcement to to be imminent because you know as with Trafford sort of the the agreement seemed to be in place anyway. Um and there was no sort of no, no sort of pushback on, on that being the case. So um yeah, all being well, that will be, you know, the the next one you would expect through the door. But um, as we say, ninety-nine percent,
1: but there's always that lingering lingering doubt until it's completely done. Yeah, sure. Uh, one thing you've also tweaked about 23 hours ago, so about pretty much this time yesterday, uh, Andros Townsend, you confirmed, obviously, the rumours that he had been training with Burnley for the past week. Player and club assessing the situation, but this could lead to a contract offer if it suits all parties. Obviously, he had, a, had an ACL injury, as, as, as you also mentioned in the, in the tweet. What's the latest with that one then? Obviously, that that to me suggests that he's training with a view to getting a permanent if, obviously, the club and him are happy.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's certainly an option. Um, I think it's just sort of assessing the situation in terms of, and I think he he spoke about this a couple of weeks ago on, on Talk Sports or something, where he was like, yeah. I've, I've been out for such a long period of time, I think it was March 2022 when he got that injury, um, that sort of, you know, you, you need to be seen and you can do that. You know that one-on-one training and and all that type of stuff, but you you the you know, teams want to see you in that in that club environment and how you get how you're getting on in team training and do all the medical checks and stuff like that to, to see how you're getting on um before making that decision. And I guess for for him as well, it's it's what role he play in the squad. He's obviously got plenty of um you know Premier League experience. with has been here, you would say lacking a little bit in in in, in that department. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it it sort of is a logical type of and you look at it like a an Aaron Lennon type signer from a couple of, of years ago and I know Lennon was was obviously slightly older and um but you know that that sort of experience you can come in, you know, sort of the, that squad player role who's available, you know, if you need to, or you know uh and a player you could probably you you can say you could trust. Um, but then Bailey themselves would probably be a session, you know, how exactly the, would he would he fit and um you know would he work in in the system um because you know i I don't think he's going to sort of come in and be the the number one uh starter and you know Mm -hmm. on the opening day unless unless deals are still being worked on it many you know obviously targeting wide players um for for decent amounts of money so you would think it would be a squad player also i think that's at the moment it's just all those sort of different variables of you know, everyone just sort of seeing if, if this works and then and then they'll come to a, a decision.
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense, to be honest. Like I said, it brings in a lot of experience. We are lacking in that department. Um, a lot of the squad um, have never played in the Premier League before. Um, so even just to have him in the building, I think for me that the main thing would be wages. I think he could probably demand quite a lot of wage, so it would depend on whether or not we could afford that. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I wouldn't be against it uh, personally. I, I'd actually quite like it. Um, yeah, I think still, that, that, sorry, that's still. the other thing
2: as well. Isn't it? <laughs> because you, you, if you know, if he trains well and and the, the reports are good in terms of where he is at fitness wise, it's then what what other clubs are going to come in and you know can can other clubs offer him a bit more football and than Burnley might be able to and stuff like that. So yeah, um, yeah, it, I, I think it would make make sense in terms of a you know a good reliable option that you can have. Um, and, and also, as you say, just, just to be around the building to, you know, if things are, are not looking great, if you're going on a little bit of a bad run or something like that, which I think Burnley will at some point. I think everyone can accept yeah. that, um, you know, just to have that, that calm and experience. And there's there's some in there who, who've obviously experienced the Premier League, Jack Cork, Josh Brownhill, for example. But, you know, just to have another one, it's Jay Rodriguez as well. Just to have another one is, is
1: never yeah. never a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, we will go on a bad run, you're all right, but it'll probably be dropping from fourth to seventh, I think, um, <laughs> with the squad that we have at the minute. Um, obviously, a couple of players that we do know more about, Taylor Howard-Bellis and Teller. There's been a few people asking whether or not they'll be coming back. It doesn't look likely, does it, from from my side? I don't know anything personally. Um, I know Taylor Howard-Bellis said goodbye to the squad. Um, obviously, Teller's now down at Southampton training again and it looking like they're asking for too much. Um, what do you know about them
2: Yeah, Yes, I mean... I mean, Taylor Howard Bellis looks unlikely just in the sense that, given what Burnley have already done in that department, it would mm. you know, it's it, especially if, if Cooley Bally comes in as well. That's that's a fifth center half, and suddenly, you know, it's do you really need another? Um, given the given the money they've spent in that department as well, you know, you're looking at around your seven million for O'Shea, for you, you know, it was 50 million euros for Bayer, so that's already a significant portion of your budget sort of going on, on that, and then you've already got. Are the and who, who came in in January? So you've got you've got four strong options there, and then Cooley Bailey would would add a fifth, um, and then you've also got that clause in his deal. If you know, for all, all being well, it goes through, um, you know, to make that a permanent deal next summer. Mm. So you're going to have, you, next summer, you're going to have five. Um, I think I certainly think Bailey would would have had an interest in, in bringing them back, and I don't think you can you know completely rule it out. But I just think you know there was a couple of reports about 50 million being a price tag and. You know, teams looking to to buy, and I think, you know, you would you would think Burnley would probably need to put resources elsewhere at this point. I think if you if you spent another fifteen million on a on another centre back, for example, then suddenly it's uh, you, you are sort of questioning a little bit about how this budget's all going to shape and how how the squad's all going to come together given the other areas of the pitch which you definitely need to strengthen. in. So, um, yeah, that, that one looks. I would say that's probably quite unlikely. Um, I guess that another loan may have made sense but if you bring it in mm-hmm. a, a lone a lone centre-half in, in terms of Cooley Bally yeah it, it just seems like there'll be too many too many chefs in the kitchen at that point um, Nathan Teller does I do, it's fair to say Burnley's definitely want to sign him um, and I think the player would, would certainly want to come back because um, he loved his yeah. time here and um, obviously you know it was, you would say the best season of his career in terms of you know form and um, you know, he's, he loved working with company, loved the staff, loved the place, loved, loved his, his teammates. So, um, and I think Southampton are understanding of that situation. I think there's, there's a sense at the moment in the game that Southampton are overvaluing their players a little bit, just on the whole. And I think that's I what think it's everyone standard. is. Yeah, exactly. It's it's still very, very early days and uh, in the window, even though it, it's been open for you know coming up to a month now, isn't it? Um, but you know, it's, it's still that. Those games being played and the cat and mouse and what else is going to happen to, to have knock on effects elsewhere and stuff like that. So, yeah. Bernie's still holding interest and there's definitely been well, I understand there's definitely been you know sort of those early talks, but that that valuation is is a little bit is the problem at the moment. Um, and I think so. See, from from my understanding, Southampton is still looking towards about tw- like the twenty million mark, and I think barely looking at more than fifteen um yeah. but obviously so they, there's probably a feeling that there will be a compromise but when that comes if that comes you, you just don't quite know because you know if southampton gets sales elsewhere you know why wouldn't they want to keep nathan teller who who literally ripped up the championship last season and yeah exactly the of day and now the championship <laughs> so if they want a, a path back to the premier league then having a you know a 20 goal a season man there is is, is going to certainly help them so I think, it, you know, it might depend on, on what other sales they can do. They've obviously got Lavia but Prowse who you, you would expect to, you know, to get decent money. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, Bernie definitely do do want them and are pursuing them. It's just, yeah, a bit of cat and mouse at the moment and, and hopefully the, there will be a compromise, you know, in between the, the two different valuations.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed for that one. I think he's the one that I want back like the most out of all the and um, Moving on, though, Horse. It's a name that splits opinion. Um, but obviously it came out this week that he is apparently focused on playing for Burnley again next season, which I am shocked to see after all the comments he said last season about wanting to stay at Man United. I personally think it's just a case of him going, ah, no one wants me, let's, let's try and get back in at Burnley. Um, but that's just me playing devil's advocate. What do you know about Vegos? Is he coming back? Because I heard he was due to report for training today.
2: Um, I've, to be honest, I've, I've not got a massive um, insight on Vegos. This one that I need to... To chase up, to be honest, um, I saw the sort of the the reports, and it's quite interesting because he does feel like one of Burnley's saleable assets, and you yeah. feel like the the amount of work that they want to do in on their own squad, um, you know, Regos is a player who who will get them a bit of money. Obviously, the I think the hope was in part sending them to Manchester United. He would play well, and you know, playing yeah. a, a winning team and and contribute, and he contributed to an extent didn't he initially, um, but then sort of his influence decreased it's fair to say um similar to similar to his six months apparently to be fair where he came in and and looked like a really good player and then unfortunately uh you know it the, the form dropped and 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 all that type of stuff and in the end he, he was out the team so i think that the hope was probably that he'd go score goals for manchester united and then you know the interest would would increase and um you know the 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 fee that Bernie might be able to get would, would, would increase as well. So it's an interesting one because, you know, the company said that he would, he would speak to him, you know, when, when the season's over. Um, so you imagine that conversation is a sort of taken place or, or will, will take place when he returns. Um, and it's, it's where the company sees him um, fitting into the system. And you could kind of see a word in where it works because he, he obviously likes his number nine to, to drop in and, and sort yeah. of link play. And, and that's, that's kind of Rego's game, isn't it? Um, to sort of, and that's, you saw that with Ten Hag, sort of play him in that, that number 10 role at, at times, which worked occasionally, but not, not on other occasions. Um, so, yeah, so I think it, it comes down to that really. And um, the, the other side of it is, you know, if, if Rego says he wants to leave, then Burnley's negotiation and bargaining position weakens significantly because suddenly teams are like, well, this fella doesn't want to be there. So, you know, we're not going to offer you what you want. We're going to offer you half, That's that that type of thing. So it's, you know, there's that element to it as well. So, um, but I think we're, we'll find out, I, I imagine, more about sort of the Vego situation in the coming days because I think in that report, it said the exit wasn't real out. and um, there, there will be an elements of I would be surprised if he's if he's a burning player at the end of the window, but yeah, so- if Inter believes that you know there's there's more value in him than you know maybe moving him on and bringing in another striker then. Um who who would question Vincent Company after pretty much every decision he's made so far and as
1: his managerial career Burnley has been has been the right one. Yeah, fair enough. Getting more into sort of like the rumours now then. Um obviously it brought yesterday that Burnley are looking at Gustavo Hamer at Coventry. Um, what do you know about that one?
2: Yeah, I understand that there's definitely interest in there from Burnley. Um I don't think it's sort of the you know extreme advanced stages, if you like, but um, he's he's a player that they, they definitely like. Um, you know, it was a, a really strong performer for Coventry last season in, in the championship. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, it's fair to say, Burnley yeah. have have uh, scouted a fair few Coventry players, haven't they? In the in the last twelve months or so. So, um, he's probably another one who, you know, stood out to them. Um, I think the the issue is the the number of clubs interested in him. Um, and the potential price. I think. Um, so the way it was put to me was that. Um. You know, Coventry have sold Giokerez. You know, for a lot of money. Um, there's sort of, I guess, less pressure to sell another, um, and they can sort of demand a decent fee. I know he's only got a year left on his contract, so that does sort yeah. of um, throw that spanner into the works a little bit. But you know, I think I think Fulham were linked to them a couple of days ago, and um, I think there's a, a number of clubs interested. So it's it's whether Burnley can sort of fight through that battle, and then whether whether the fee sort of sort of suits their budget because. I think what we've seen with Burnley, um under Alk is that if if they don't believe they're getting good value out of a player, then you know they're happy to, to sort of walk away or move on to another player. And, and while not not completely shutting the door, um, you know, exploring other options and, and midfield is definitely an area that they they need to improve on. Um, whether that is, you would probably say they, you know, you would want another first choice type midfielder in there. But even the depth side of it, they were quite fortunate with injuries. I think last yeah. last season to to a number of players mm-hmm. so um you know you obviously don't want to leave yourself open to to you know a couple of injuries sort of curtail and everything so um but yeah he's he's definitely a, a player on the radar but it's it's whether they can uh see off the rest of the competition for them and also you know see
1: if if the price is right for them if you like yeah, fair enough. Uh, one that seems to have gone quiet in recent weeks, in fact, I think a lot of the, the ones that we're going to chat about soon are, one, are ones that have gone quiet. It is Jacob Bruun larsen There were reports that that were pretty much done, the fee were agreed and all that sort of stuff. I think you put a tweet out about it saying it was pretty much like in the latter stages at the very least. But again, it's gone very quiet, that one, to the point where it sounds like it's pretty much fallen through or the club have just decided not interested anymore. Uh, I Well, I was, I had
2: that, that information, but I never but then I was met with a bit of resistance, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there was a few indications that it was at an advanced stage. And then mm. I spoke to a couple more people and then suggested that it wasn't. Mm. So therefore sort of, I, I never ended up um, writing about it. I mentioned it in a piece. Um, that's I think it was a piece yeah. that I wrote um, just after the, the the fee had been agreed there that sort of, it. that's what it seemed that sort of the suggestions where it was advancing and um, obviously a, a player who who who'd worked with the company before and um but you know the that deal has, has hit the it appears has hit the buffers there was definitely interest in there there was definitely talks um but uh it, it obviously never got to those well the the stage that we all want it where he's he's posing with a shirt um I, I don't quite know exactly what what the reason is um and it it's always a difficult one with with transfers because i think a you know even this summer, Burnley have had you know issues with agents and stuff like that, where you know demands and and different things, and and then you've also got the the medical side, and you know the you never know with that if if it brings something something up that's a concern. Then you know, especially with Burnley and, and the way that they've um, you know the budget works, they can't really afford to be taking too many risks on on players who could could break down. Um, and I'm not saying that that is the reason why. Um, Brun Larson broke down, but you know, it's one of the reasons, equally that you know, you can terms and, and all that type of stuff and and fee structures and there's loads of different reasons why. But yeah, the, my my information initially was that it was progressing and going in the right direction. But then uh just before I was about to go um and sort of uh I'm sort of put an out there, then it was I received a bit of pushback. So it was like, right, okay, I'll sit on it for a little bit
1: and try and find yeah. out a little bit more and so sort of it looks like it's it's certainly hit the buffers. Yep, fair enough. Uh, another one is Zian Fleming from Millwall. Um, I'm not sure how far advanced that actually got, other than just interest. So there was reports of bids, uh, but I don't know how legit that was. Is that a case of uh, the the Tuchels being a part of valuations with that one?
2: Yeah. So we we reported a couple of weeks ago that there was a an eight million pound bid rejected, with or around eight million pounds. I don't think it, it wasn't exact, um, and and I think that there's been had been talk since, but I think the feeling is that it's, it's a bit of a tricky deal to complete. I think Millwall's valuation was, was pretty, well, significantly higher than what that bid was. Um mm. They, you know, they value him really highly. And I couldn't understand why, because I think when, from watching the championship last season, I thought he was a real standout. I was really impressed with him when, um, when Millwall came to turf more. I thought he was excellent. Uh, yeah. I think that, that was an evening game. I think it was, um but I thought, I thought he was really good. Um, and, you know, just watching him throughout, throughout the season, you know, he just kept popping up and, and you were like, oh, there he is again, you know, playing well. Um, so you can see why Burnley are interested in him. Um, but, yeah, it, it sort of it looks like it, it a bit of a tricky deal to do. And um obviously the, the really sad situation with, with Millwall's owner. Um, you know, I don't yeah. know how that sort of <clears throat> affects things on, on different fronts like that. But, um, yeah, it, it, it seems like Burnley might be, be exploring other other targets. Well I don't think you could ever shut the door on it because um Burnley have a habit of um what, if they're interested in the player they stay interested if that makes sense. Like they don't yeah it's very rare that unless the price is like extreme and they know they're never going to get them like there's always a chance that they they revisit the deal. So Va- Barford Bruggen for example is is a, a classic example where they looked at them last summer, looked pretty advanced but then obviously didn't happen in the way for Murich but then come around 12 months time. Who were they interested in? Bruggen again, and obviously they yeah. don't get him. They get Trafford instead. But you can see that sort of they they don't like sort of lose interest in a player if you like. It might just be one that they can't do at that point. They might do in the future. So you know that might be the case with Fleming. If uh, you know if, if valuations come match, but sort of on that bid, you know that was well below uh, Millwall's asking price at that point in time.
1: Yep, fair enough. Uh, a name that I'm sure I'm going to butcher here, but it's Georgian International, George's Mikutadze. I think that's how you pronounce that's it. Was um, yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um uh,
2: what's the latest with that one then? Um so well again, I don't I don't think there's a massive sort of it's certainly I think there's certainly interest from Burnley I and mean, he he's another example of a player who they've looked at in the past, you yeah. know, clearly liked and then, you know, you know, explored it again. Um but I think that that seems to be at the interest stage. I think there's, a sort of, when you look at the re, the reports and sort of certain rumors, that there's a pretty big price tag um, on on his back. So I think, and it, it was put to me um sort of earlier in the window that Burnley aren't necessarily looking to spend, I think over 20 million on on any player, uh, unless it's like a special player who they think this is going to yeah. be a game changer type thing. Because I think they, they've got to spread the budget around to. Yeah. To to fill all the needs. Um sure. so it's it, so it's whether, you know, that would fit into to the budget and you know whether whether they feel that like he is he is the best best option because it, it does look like they've they've scoured the striker market again um in the search for 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 sort of finding the right one. Um obviously Lar like Foster came in and Obafemi came in and you know, not gonna miss the start of the season, but um mm. You know you would hope you will see the the steps of improvement that we were, we were beginning to see in la foster to sort of you know can he can he make that step up to the premier league it's probably a big ask um but you would hope that this preseason is is really important well it is a really important preseason for him but you would hope that it's gone well um to sort of put him in the in the position to be you know barely sort of number nine moving forwards um but yeah i think he's he's one of the options anyway. That, that, that Bernie are, are considering in in that in that department.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Mike Tresser is another one that that sort of like was a lot of noise about a few weeks ago, but now gone quiet to the point where he even was asked about it in a, in an interview, and he said it, it's it's nice to hear that Burnley and Vincent Company are interested in him, according to reports. Uh, what's the latest with that one? Yeah,
2: again, it's uh, it is it's it's that interest stage. And I think this is what you find with with Burnley, and it's um, the sort of the context to it is that Burnley. Have a, have interest in a lot of players. That's why I think you see so many links to so many different players because they they're having so many conversations about so many different players because they don't sort of they they have a, a sort of a long list that then is whittled down to sort of a short list. But they don't ever and they, then they'll have a number one target out of them. But they don't ever say, well, it's this player or no one type thing as, as other clubs might. Um, so they they will sort of be talking to a number of players in in a certain position. I think like you yeah. see in sort of. Um, you know, the, the winger situation, for example, so you've got Teller, you've got Clark, you've got sort of Fleming, you can, you can play on that side as well, or sort of in wide position. So, and then it's sort of figuring out what what's the best, because they, they will probably, you know, analytically think they're all similar in terms of, you know, what they'll bring. Um And that's why they've all sort of got to that, that last shortlist. Um, and then it's about trying to find the best deal possible. Um Cause I think, um, I think last last summer they, they had uh, throughout the summer they had about sixty different deals on the go. Now obviously they, they brought in sixteen, which was a lot, but to have yeah. sixty different ones who got to various stages of bids, interest, all that type of stuff. You know, talking about terms, talking to agents and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, Tressa, you know, he said he's a fabulous player, isn't he? And I I think we'd all love yeah. to see him. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's it's advanced much from from those initial stages but that's the thing with the the transfer market you can say something and then in half an hour that can change because there will be conversations going on as we speak um you know about various players and bids will be lodged at various points and you just never know when you know those things can can change so it's 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 an ever 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 evolving Uh, well the transfer window that you can just never predict but yeah i don't think it's it's sort of advanced much more but certainly company's a massive fan and and you
1: can understand why because he's a top player yeah yeah you mentioned in there briefly in passing it brings me on nicer to my next um player that we're apparently interested in jack clark um obviously it's sunderland at the minute is that a similar thing just one of several names that we're looking at and we're just testing the water sort of thing
2: yeah, I mean, it, it, there's clearly interest in there, and it's, I think it's been why well, the reports there's been a couple of bids made. I don't think quite to, to Sunderland's valuation yet, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think there's been a, f- a couple of things. I think from his his agency even saying that you know he's he's, he's quite happy at Sunderland, but I think at the same time, not ruling out a, a move. Um, so it, it's you know, it's it's one of them, isn't it? When you, whenever you buy of a player from the Championship, there's there's an element of risk to it, and you know but the thing is with the championship as well is that they're in a position where they know they can charge pretty high for these players um yeah. obviously clark has as you know had a little bit of premier league time it didn't go particularly well um certainly didn't make the impact he would have wanted to and but then was was excellent for, for Sunderland last year so you can see why Burnley are, are interested and have, have looked to get them but again it's a lot of this comes down to, to the price and sort of you know can you meet a compromise between you know what barely are willing to pay or able to pay compared to sort of the, the higher valuations that the teams have of, of certain players. Yep,
1: yeah, fair enough. Um Aster ranks again, a name that's probably just been butchered by me. Um again there was a lot of noise about him recently, but it came out last night that he is apparently happy to stay at Wolfsburg to fight for his place, obviously coming back from a loan from AC Milan, I think it was. Yeah, it was AC Milan, wasn't it? Um is what's the latest on that one, mate? Because that obviously doesn't sound as promising as it did a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah, it, it, again, barely if you know, interested in the player, they like the player. Um, but yeah, it 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 sort of shows the, the role of The revolving world because I spoke to a couple of people a couple of days ago who sort of seemed pretty convinced that he was on his way to Celta Vigo. Um, and now obviously I saw the same story as you, um, about the the, uh, you know, potentially staying. So that just shows Mm -hmm. how things, how quickly things can change. Um, but yeah, you know, that 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 sort of suggests that that might not be, um, one that Burnley are are sort of going to be able to to pursue and, and sort of get done, but. Um the fact that he was potentially well looked like he was he was going to uh, tell to Vigo and then has suddenly uh decided to stay at Wolfsburg <laughs> so it sort of shows the the madness of it all, doesn't it? And the, you never know exactly what, what's what's going on in negotiations and and what the player wants and all that type of stuff. So as it you know, as as it stands, you know, there's I've no reason to question uh that report. So um that might be the case, but that might be, you know, uh and this is pure speculation, but it might be a little bit of a, you know, I, I'm not going to one club. Anyone else fancy, uh, you know, jumping yeah. in and trying to trying to prize me away instead? Um, yeah, you, you just never know what with these games. Um But yeah, it looks it's, if if that you know that report suggests he looks like he's going to stay at Wolfsburg.
1: Fair enough. Just to break away from the transfer stories a little bit, um, I want to talk about Lyle Foster because you have mentioned there obviously a little bit ago, seeing a big pre-season, a lot of stuff you were putting out on Twitter um, last season after speaking to the club was that the club were quite happy with him behind the scenes and happy with his data. Um, but Sasha went on uh, the BLM podcast recently and he said that there's a bit of frustration behind the scenes uh, sort of like contradicting the report that you were putting out towards the season obviously that could have changed behind the scenes Um so what is the situation with Al Foster behind the scenes are the club frustrated with him at the minute have they, why have they changed from being positive and happy with his data to a bit of frustration now well
2: I mean the, the report was, was partly based on sort of the conversation I was having in press conferences with, with company and, and speaking about him at you know spoke about him a couple of times with company um mm. and and obviously he's not going to say oh, i would you know he's not going to publicly be disappointed with him but there was a feeling that he was he was making you know good progress but i think it was interesting that um you know he, he, he sort of he didn't go away on international duty did he? he he uh he was at the pre pre-season uh training camp and um i think that you know maybe he didn't make quite make the strides that everyone wanted them to and um, but I think there was good signs there and I think there was an acceptance that and I think his attitude was and, and sort of the way he was trying to you know make this make the strides for improvement was what was you know what was pleasing people um, that you know but it's it's always the way isn't it it's you know some players pick up things quicker um, and, and there, may, there may be then elements of frustration that he's not quite you know even you know at the back end of the season he was starting to see the good things and um, yeah. but equally there were you know there was times in the games where it wasn't quite sticking or you know it wasn't quite in the right position or he wasn't quite you know cutting out the right pressing angles and stuff like that. So uh, I think that's why this is a big preseason. There's, there's you know there's the hope that um you know he can he can you know address all those all those different issues. I think but I think the, the main the main reason why they they were pleased was because of um was his attitude to it all in that he was he was obviously you know, open to learn and wanted to learn and wanted to try and get better and, and learn everything. So, um, you know, th- there may be frustrations creeping in. Um, it's not something that that, that I've heard specifically, um, but, you know, uh, I'm not sort of, equally not doubting uh, Sasha's intel in because he's, uh, he's he knows everything, doesn't he? <laughs> um, the, so, yeah. i
1: the, like I like to call in the Belgian Andy Jones.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's one of them. It's it, You know, it could be, that he's, he's just not quite been where they thought he was when they were bring, bringing him yeah. in. But equally, you know, I think the way he's going about trying to make those improvements is is what's been pleasing in that sense.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I did put a tweet out earlier asking for people to get involved and ask some questions. So I will move on to them now. I have pretty much covered everything in, in the questions, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but I will quickly ask some questions. So apologies, Andy, if we kind of like mix up a little bit of stuff we've already talked about. Uh, it's just to get a, a few people's questions in. Uh, but thank you to Italian clients, Ryan Merton, Nicholas Ward, Brian Fleming, Craig Reeve, Paul Wilkins, adi Roma, Gazebo74, uh, Dan Starkey, Tom Lawton, Dork, BSE Scott, and um, Truth Seeker, <coughs> who have sent a lot of questions in with accent. Like a lot of them have been. Covered already, uh, but Italian Claret does say, Are we getting any closer with attacking options as we're looking light now? And it's kind of similar uh, to what Ryan Merton says. And we are looking a bit light on top, aren't we? Because obviously, Teller's left and we've not brought a replacement in yet. I mean, I know we've spoke about well a few attacking players in, in the roundup there, but are we actually close to bringing anybody in at the minute? Um, I don't think,
2: sort of like, you know, at the Trafford Coulibaly sort of stage with anyone. I think there's certainly. It, it's quite interesting, actually. It's quite funny because they, the focus, it was it was put to me that the focus has been on attacking players all the way through the window. Yeah, All Burnley have done is spring defenders and goalkeepers. Yeah. So, um, but I, I guess the attacking deals are harder to do because they're the players who win you the games, really, are they? They win you the football yeah. matches and, you know, the valuations can, you know, can, can probably differ a little bit more. So, you, you look at the, the deals that, that Burnley have done, uh or you know are close to doing you know buyer was pretty much done anyway open was an obligation so that was happening uh vigaru was a free um so it, you know the it is those sort of oh i think had the, had the release clause for around eight million i think that, that was the report so you know again you, you're sort of looking at a set valuation for a player whereas when you don't have that um that's when the negotiations get hard so there are you know, we're working very hard to, to make sure they, they do make those additions. Cause I think you're right. Cause they've also lost Barnes and okay. They might be getting their goals back. back. Um, but equally, um, you know, that's whether he stays or not. And and then suddenly, I th- I th- cause I think it's fair to say that, the, you know, I, I know company talked about this last season that, you know, we didn't necessarily need a 20 goal a season striker. Uh But, yeah. you know, they, they eventually did get one with, with Teller, even though, you know, he's not necessarily a striker. Um, but yeah, the, the, I don't think there's anything like super super close, and you know, that's not to say that something might break. Uh, there may be you know things happening as we speak, or you know, and you know, in the afternoon there might be something about you know they, they have made a breakthrough, and they, they certainly are trying. Um, but it's I think that they are sort of assessing options and, and where to go next, or who to go back in for, and and sort of just trying to trying to map out exactly what they need to do. Because I think you're right. The I think. That was the thing. He wanted to improve every area of the pitch. So, they've they've yeah. done that. Certainly, a centre-back and, you know, about to a goalkeeper. Um, so, you now you would think the focus or, you know, the priority will switch to, to the attack and end of the pitch.
1: Yeah, what's happening at left-back as well? A few people have asked that question because, obviously, we lost Markston. Again, that's another loan uh, that I haven't mentioned, but it doesn't look like he's coming back. Um, so, what, what's happening with that one? Are we looking at any left-backs? Well, I mean... Mattson,
2: uh, sort of, I think, probably about a month ago now, I think, in terms of, of my report, and there was, you know, Bernie had a £50 million bid rejected. Um, they're still certainly really interested in one and back. But again, it's, there's that price situation. And I think also, you know, there's, there's that that feeling of, you know, even though a company signed a five-year contract, how, and and this is, you know, for probably a, a fair few players, but how long is he actually going to be at Burnley type thing? And, while they all want to play under him, sort of, you know, you've already seen that he, yeah, you know, it has a one good season and, you know, gets linked to the top jobs and, you know, is seriously considered for, for, for the top jobs. And, you know, that's going to continue if he continues on the trajectory he's going on. So, but I think in, in Mattson's case, there was also an element of, well, you know, sort of all options were on the table. So Chelsea were happy to keep him, although you, you struggle to see where he gets the game time behind Cucurella, um, and Chilwell, um, so, you know, do you do a loan? I think he's only got a year left, so we probably have to sign another contract extension. And, and then you've got sort of, well, how long is that going to be? And do you just add a year on? Do you, do you sign a new long term? And, and sort of, are you convinced there's the future? You've also got, you know, Pochettino's coming in and what's his plans for the player? And so you've got loads of different things there. Um, and But also a sale being, being a possibility, but for the right price. And I think Chelsea, we're looking at, at sort of the, the 20 million mark where there's really sort of, again, 15, so a little bit similar to Teller um, in that sense. But, you know, th- there was a feeling that there might be a compromise in some sense. And uh, I think with the loan ones, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you can only have those two domestic loans. So it's important mm. to make sure you get the right ones, but you want to also assess all your, your possibilities before you go. Because what you don't want to do is you get, say you get, you know, for, for argument, say, say you get a central midfielder on loan, but then suddenly, you know, a player you didn't think was going to be available on loan suddenly opens up or suddenly the, the midfielder you wanted to buy becomes available, then suddenly yeah. you're in that bit of a sticky situation. So I think you've got it, whereas in the Championship where you could sort of be a bit more flexible with the loans because you could have more, um, certainly from you know domestically and stuff, that you didn't sort of have that issue. Um, whereas now when you've got a significantly limited, you want to make sure you make the right type of loans and make sure you're improving. Because if... Say for example, if every you know all the wingers prove too expensive, then that's when you go and look for a, a winger on loan. But if you've already bought, you know, already got two players on loan elsewhere, then suddenly that you can't do that. So there's all those little things that that will come into consideration. Jordan, these sort of you know transfer meetings and stuff like that. Yep,
1: yeah, fair enough. Well, I know you're pushed for time, and I know we're getting towards a time where you need to shoot off now. So we'll end it there. Um, I've covered pretty much everyone, all the questions that came in I've covered pretty much all of them, apologies if I missed yours or apologies if I'm not asked about a player that you did ask about um, but Andy, it's a pleasure, it's good to get you back on for the new season um, and yeah, all the new yeah. branding that we've got, uh, hopefully we'll get you on uh, again at some point over the summer um, or again at some point over the season, it's always good to chat to you mate but thanks for coming on, it's been a pleasure and hopefully like I said, I'll, I'll see you later in the season or later in the window Yeah, no, definitely happy to be back on whenever you want
0: That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
1: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go.